Hey guys, welcome back to the Silent Sales Machine radio podcast. I'm your guest host, Ryan Rieger. Today, we're chatting with somebody who's never been on the podcast before, but he's been in the community for a long time. His name is Stephen Hibbert. He knows a ton about print-on-demand. So we're going to get into print-on-demand and how he believes is one of the easiest places to start at the business that you can start with zero inventory. In fact, you never have to touch your inventory. So that's a huge benefit. It's something that uh, we believe it's that anybody can do, even if you're just starting out into creating an online business, or if you have an already established business, let's say you're already selling on Amazon and you're just looking for a new stream of income. This is something that if you bolt down your Amazon business, give yourself an opportunity to look elsewhere, looking to create new streams of income, then print on demand is something that you should definitely look into. We have one uh, friend of ours who's been on this podcast, Christy Hertzler, who actually has outsourced her whole print on demand business to her VAs. So it's completely uh, something that she doesn't even touch. Also, Stephen has just a really fun story of how he met me. It very much mirrors my story in meeting Jim. So we'll uh, chat with Stephen here right after this. Guys, welcome back to the Silent Sales Machine Radio Podcast. I'm here again, Ryan Rieger, guest hosting for Jim. I'm excited about this one because this is somebody who's not been on this podcast yet. He's been in this community for a very long time. He's got a really cool story that mirrors how I met Jim. So we'll talk about that. Stephen, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) This is cool. Let's talk about you, your story. How did you get started selling online? Where did you start selling online? We'll get to what you're doing now with print on demand and how easy that is for folks to get started and talk all about that. But tell me about you. I feel like I'm a jack of all trades. I've been through (laughs) many wars. (laughs) But I started selling over 15 years ago. I know some people have a hard time because I look so young. That's a long time. 15 years like is not really a long time, but in internet years, that's like oh, yeah, forever yeah. ago. <laughs> I need a crutch and a cane. Right? <laughs> but I started off by selling car parts on Craigslist. I was with my father in a junkyard one day. I pulled some car parts. I ended up selling them for him just on Craigslist. And I found uh-huh. it fascinating. And I was like, I wonder how many times I can go to the junkyard and buy something and then sell it locally. It uh-huh. was a little difficult. You had to meet somebody change money, check it. And it was just a little awkward being that young, trying to do that, meet that. So I was just looking for another way to do it. Not really taking it too seriously, but it snowed. And then my father wanted to go junkyard. And I was like, oh, this is not fun anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I see. This is like actual work. I'm cold. I can barely feel my fingers. I'm having to pull this carburetor off. Like It's not enjoyable Was this up in Michigan? Yes. Okay. I have to find a different way to do this and fast. Then I just started looking online, how to sell online. I learned about Craigslist. Then I started selling on Craigslist, started selling car parts. Then it was like, oh, I don't only have to sell car parts. I can almost sell anything. We started going Mm -hmm. to thrift stores, garage sales, neighbor's houses, (laughs) selling just anything pretty much that wasn't nailed down. Then Mm -hmm. I learned about selling on Amazon and it was like a big shift to where it's like, oh, I don't have to have the stuff in my house Mm -hmm. anymore. I can Mm -hmm. send it in. Yeah. And it was just very awkward. Like I didn't trust it fully. It didn't make <laughs> sense. Like it took me a long time to get over that. But then right. once I kind of started getting more sales on Amazon than I was uh-huh. on eBay, I was all in. I was like, this is so mm. much better. Yes, I can't get those items for 50 cents and sell them for $400 as I can on eBay. But at least I can make it more consistent where I can go to the store, clear a shelf and yeah. just sell, set that stuff in a box and send it. 
and never have to think about it again. That's awesome. I want to go, can I stop you for one second? Because yep. you said something was so important in that very early on, you learned how to pivot. Yes. Because you could have, when it was cold and you didn't want to do this anymore, you could have said, nah, <laughs> let's just forget this. I'm going to go get a regular job. And uh, this, this internet thing is not for me. But instead, you found a different way to sell car parts. You pivoted early on without even knowing necessarily probably what that meant. Yes. But talk about sure. that for a second, how important that is to be able to do as an entrepreneur, because there are going to be times when Amazon does something we don't like. Maybe they shut down a listing, shut down an account. You have to, maybe a whole platform goes down. Talk about that with being an entrepreneur. I think the lesson is learned more now. And I really appreciate my journey. But at the time, it was, it's a lot of time has passed. And I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of rambling off these things. But it wasn't like, oh, it's snowing. I'm immediately going to learn about eBay. It was like, this sucks. I want to quit. And then it was like time it snowed all winter. I didn't really do much. And then in the summer, I was like, okay, I kind of want to go back to that, but it's going to snow again and it's going to be bad. <laughs> I should Michigan, start thinking about... <laughs> I think I learned the lesson looking back at it, but during yeah. that time, it was very turmoil and difficult and frustrating. Sure. And I would say like anybody that's starting this business that like uh-huh. it has that hitting a wall point, mm-hmm. it's going to seem unsurmountable and it's yeah. going to be like, I want to quit. Take yeah. some time, adjust, and then think about overcoming it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say this quite a bit when I talk to people is like the community aspect might be understated in like every facet. Yes. If I had a group of people around me that were also selling and we could work together to figure something out, it would have made it so much easier to pivot. That's why now when I'm pivoting, it's so much easier because I can say, Hey Ryan, this pandemic is happening. This part of my business is shutting down. Yeah. I'm thinking about maybe doing this. What do you think? And then just talking, getting answers and then seeking Absolutely. wise counsel to know what the next step should be. But yes, in the beginning, That's brilliant. Pivoting was not even a word. It was, this sucks. I want to quit. (laughs) I'll wait till it stops snowing and go back out there and then maybe start it back up. And it was probably six months or a year before I added eBay. I know I told the story and it's just trying to condense 15 years, but there's large gaps. So when it goes, oh, he just did this and this was the next thing. Mm -hmm. It might seem logical now looking back at it, but it wasn't like, oh, this is clearly I'm doing this. Even the eBay to Amazon pivot took years. And it was a lot of my wife complaining that the kitchen table has (laughs) grease and gas and car parts and there's nowhere to sit. And I just bought (laughs) two tons of this stuff and I put it in the house and we're in an apartment in the basement and I got to sneak it past the... (laughs) It's just a a lot of fun that I had that (laughs) my wife didn't really appreciate. She didn't like But yes, just learning and pivoting from there. And we were moving to Florida. So it was like, that's Mm. really what started that pivot. It was like, this is kind of working. I have all this inventory. Let me go all in on this Amazon thing. I'm going to send all this in. It is outselling my eBay business and it seems like that's more lucrative. And here's Mm -hmm. a huge life change that's happening that's going to force me to step out of my comfort zone. I think if I stayed in that apartment, we wouldn't stay in the apartment, but if we stayed in Michigan, I might have still be doing eBay and Amazon. But due to traveling, it was like, I can't do the eBay business. And we want to take almost a month and a half drive down, enjoy, stop at a lot of people's houses. I'm not going to be able to run my business. All this stuff has to go somewhere. I learned about Amazon. All that stuff can go to Amazon's warehouse. The stuff that's here, I can just batch sell to friends that are doing car stuff. So it was like I could liquidate and still have a business and just moving away from eBay. That's awesome. Now to Florida and then just, again, pivoting more to be able to go, I don't really like going to stores anymore. I'm not enjoying online arbitrage. Private label is something I was getting into. I really like that. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot of that from Ryan and just started building that onto my business. But then the logistics of that, pre-ordering that, always 
taking large sums of money and mm-hmm. transferring them always made me feel uneasy. I didn't like that part mm-hmm. of it. Like it was mm-hmm. always great when the stuff was in and selling. That was yeah. like the highest of high. But sure. then you realize you either have to reorder or buy another product and test it again. And how much mm-hmm. money are you going to spend to test and try and order the stuff from overseas? And how long is it going to take? And what happens if it gets stuck up at customs? It's like mm-hmm. just the logistics of it. So my brother was living with us at the time. He got into a bad accident. He came and moved with us. He went to work with a local print screen printer and he was a good designer. Yeah. I was always having him help me with my business. And then he was like, I can't, I'm tired of helping you <laughs> do this. I want to try something else. So I was like, all right, cool. Whatever you're going to do, just let's keep talking and see yeah. how it works. He started selling on merch by Amazon and had a little bit of success. Then as soon as he asked me and showed me what he was doing, it mm-hmm. sparked off like, oh, this is almost like private label. I get yeah. to take my ideas to market without having to wait a month and a half mm. and start testing stuff. So he was doing no keyword research. Yeah. I immediately started doing keyword research for him and that business started skyrocketing. That's when mm. we started taking on other clients. We helped Ryan a little bit with the merch stuff. It was another huge pivot that was much yeah. easier for me to go, I, This I get to work with my brother again. I get to get away from the large money transfers, right. logistic nightmares, having stuff come in or problems. It was just like, I get to avoid all that. Yeah. I'm going all in on this That's merch. Awesome. And we learned about KDP and we learned yeah. about doing it on other platforms. And just my gosh, now that POD is becoming more known, it uh-huh. seems like there's a lot more outlets. There's a lot more yeah. opportunities. And it was just the direction that I was like, this is the best for me. Yeah, I can take a ton since the beginning. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a second because we definitely want to get into the POD. I want to back up a second and let's Sorry. talk about <laughs> No, it's good because you just mentioned a whole bunch of pivots, which yeah, that mirrors my business the same way. We're not, we're not doing the same thing, but I started selling furniture on Craigslist. You started selling car parts on Craigslist. <laughs> and my business looks nothing like furniture on Craigslist. It was an awesome opportunity. It got me started. I also moved from Indiana. You moved from Michigan to Florida. I moved from Indiana, Indiana to, to Texas. Texas. <laughs> a life. A, I lost my job. And so that forced me into doing something else. So we have a lot of parallels there. Um, you want to auction. Community? I want to auction. <laughs> That's right. The auction. I want, to, I want to get that in a second. You mentioned community. And guys, that that is so key. Building relationships is so key. And you guys all have that inside the My Silent Team Facebook group. I'll put a, we'll, we'll put a link for that in the show notes. Totally free group to get in and just bounce questions off of folks. But let's talk about the auction because those of you, you guys might know my story. Briefly, Jim had an auction back in 2012. The proceeds went to a charity in Detroit. Uh, Hope Village, I believe is the name of it. Which it is even Jim crazier because What's we that? were a part of that and helping out oh, really? at that. So that's, oh, I, didn't, I forgot about that part of the story, but oh, there's more tie-ins. Yeah. Nathaniel actually got products from him in Michigan and sold those on Amazon oh, for even gosh. more of a <laughs> crazy twist. <laughs> that is crazy. But Jim had a book called 101 Free Marketing still out there and he had an auction for that book. The proceeds went to that. I ended up winning that auction. And instead of one of the benefits of the auction, one of the prizes was a 30-minute phone call with Jim. My parents live close to him in Indiana. So I said uh, in an email, Jim, instead of a call, would, could my wife and I fly up and actually meet you, take you out to lunch? Instead, he paid for lunch, spent two hours with us, <laughs> told us about Amazon FBA. The relationship with Jim was built in and we were now good friends. And now he's my mentor and I've learned so much from him and partnered with him on many projects. So now, several years later, this would have been 2017, Wow. I had an auction for, I did the same thing, 
on eBay. And I'll let Stephen tell most of the story, but I had an auction for uh, my brother and sister-in-law's orphanage in Guatemala. And there were some courses, Jim threw in the Proven Amazon course. I think Jim threw in a call. I did a, a, a call, also a consulting call as one of the prizes. And Stephen won. So I'll, you, you tell your side of this, that story. Yeah, it was, it, it's, I forget how much I heard that story and it resonated with me before I even knew you were going to do this. I went to the very first CES in Orlando. Yeah. I met you. I shook your hand. There was no like big connection. It was just like you were right. one of the speakers. I wanted to get to know everybody. Shake your hand. Hi, nice to meet you. That was kind of it. It wasn't yeah. like we built a relationship from there. But I did hear your story. And I remember it kind of stuck with me. Then I don't remember exactly where I heard the story again. It was probably part of something Jim was promoting or doing. And it really resonated with me. And I wanted to bid on the auction. But at the time, we were in a pivot. We were having a lot of just (laughs) family problems. And it was like, okay, money is super tight. I'm going to really have to talk to my wife about this. I prayed about it. I remember even talking to my mom because she was living with us at the time. Dana was living with us at the time. It was just like, okay, I, I really need to ask you guys, because this is maybe not a lot of money to some people, but to us at that time was a lot of like life-changing. Like if this goes bad, <laughs> everybody's going to be mad. <laughs> we prayed about it. I put in my bid and I just set it and didn't even check it again. I was just That's like, awesome. I'm not looking at this till the end because this is going to make me nervous. But we won. And I remember the same thing. There was a call and I just called Ryan. I said, hey, we're actually have a plan already to go out to Texas to meet my friend's husband because they just got married and I don't yeah. know them yet and they want me to go out there. I know you're close. Yeah. Is there any way that we could sit down? I think I said the same thing. Can I pay for your lunch? And it turned out almost the same thing. It was, we went there. I was super nervous. We sat down. I think I <laughs> had like charts and graphs and I was showing you all these stats and you were just like, oh, okay, cool. Nice. <laughs> right? I remember that. It was so nice. We talked for hours. It was, it was a three hour lunch. <laughs> I brought my wife. I just remember it was... Yeah. I was overjoyed. And I just remember like mm. being able to brain up to somebody I looked up to and just then listening, even though yeah. at the time looking back, I was just like, oh, I was like way overprepared. And I don't know what I was even trying to show you, but I just remember how nice you were and even talking about other ideas. Uh-huh. And then from there, I don't remember you offered me there to help you out with a conference, but I remember building that relationship there and staying in contact, calling each other, helping each other out, uh-huh. and then being able to go to your first conference. And then I think that's where it really blossomed. And my eyes were open. Yeah. I think I was green, trying to do a whole bunch of different things, just trying to get into private label, just learning that. And then you were like, hey, this is another option you could teach. You could do this. And I was just like, yeah. my mind was blown. I was like, I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. It was just very interesting. It has really helped me in my... It started business. that relationship. And because I got to know you, we partnered on several things. Had Would we have been able to partner together other than that? Possibly. Yeah, maybe. But you, uh, the you trust definitely were... would have been there. You wouldn't have let me stay in your hotel in Vegas. That's right. <laughs> I remember that. You roomed with like, me in Vegas. The floor, right. the floor. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, I remember that. So all about relationships, guys. It really is. And now he is a really good, good, good friend of mine. And we've partnered together on many things because of that relationship. So go out and meet people. And yes. that's the moral of that story. Yes, but I, yes, that's just yes. so fun to tell that because it, it mirrors so much of my relationship with Jim and how I got to meet him. I just pretty much band. stole that's... all that stuff that I learned from you and reapplied it. It's what I've been right. doing now as more recently. Oh, you do a private label? How do you do it? Oh, I'm going to take that also and add that to my business. But exactly. It is, it's not stealing. It's just learning from somebody you look up to. It was just very interesting how it all went down. I was just like, I think I even asked you on the phone. I was like, can I pull Orion and can I come to yes, you Dallas? Did. <laughs> I'm like, of course, how could I say no to that? Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you've pivoted many times. And one of the things that you guys do is print on demand and you're good at teaching that. Tell us what print on demand is. Why? Because a lot of these folks that listen to this are physical product sellers on Amazon, especially. What is print on demand and why should they even look that direction? So print on demand is just a way to sell products without actually having to touch the inventory. Mm. I was doing private label and I really enjoyed that process. I didn't like Mm. the long wait times or the amount of money that I had to spend up front to buy products, to test Mm -hmm. ideas. Print on demand allows you to sell different products. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain a little bit more of like different platforms that you can sell it on, but different products without actually having to purchase the inventory and you get paid out after the product sells. So there's yeah. no upfront cost to buy inventory, to create the listings. Most of the listings on Amazon are free. It's just a way mm-hmm. to test the market. And if you're already selling on Amazon, you already have done a lot of keyword research. You can use a lot of that keyword research to do possible print-on-demand product research, find gaps in the market, and start selling additional products without having to put a lot of extra yeah. money up front. I know in these times where everything is kind of, a lot of people are pivoting, it's mm-hmm. a great additional possible income stream for you if you already mm-hmm. have an existing business. Awesome. How should somebody begin it? So they say, yeah, that sounds cool. I've heard of people doing a merch on merch by Amazon. Um, where would I start? Merch by Amazon. I have waffled a little bit about this. If you sure. have seen us or known us, we used to Shout it from the hilltops that we did, which was amazing, a great place to start. I still think it's a good place to start. I just think that there are better places to start now. And there right. is a application process to get into Merch by Amazon. Merch by Amazon is a Amazon, I forget what they actually internally call those portals, I guess is what they're calling. It's just another thing that lives under the Amazon umbrella. It's a separate account. So if something happens to it, it doesn't destroy or hurt your seller account. It's completely yeah. separate. The same thing with KDP. I think if you're just starting or you're thinking about adding POD to your business, KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, especially if you're already selling on Amazon, is a great option. You are selling books and you are selling softcover books and possibly digital copies of books, Mm -hmm. but you can create what they call low to no content, a journal, a coloring book, a Mm -hmm. log, fishing log, which I actually just found mine the other day that I created. Cool. But there are a lot of options for you to create. And if you're thinking about adding to your business, those are the two places, if you're Amazon sellers, that I would suggest to start. Okay. Hey, this is Jim. Sorry to interrupt this fantastic episode, but I wanted to alert you very quickly before we jump back to the show about today's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by The Legends Group. That is a small group of sellers who gather primarily on Facebook, but also live at a couple events per year and talk about how to source products successfully to sell on Amazon. They specialize in retail arbitrage and online arbitrage strategies. If you want to check them out and find out more about them, there's only one link to use. That's provenamazoncourse.com slash legends. Again, provenamazoncourse.com slash legend. Go ahead and check them out. It is a phenomenal group. You can drop out anytime you want, but I think you're going to love the regular trainings, the positive atmosphere. It's like a big family. And if you want to hang out with other people who are doing creative things, sourcing retail and online arbitrage style for Amazon, that is where you want to be. Hey, let's jump back into the show now. 
So those are a couple options. And I know we, we just uh, recorded an episode for my podcast and you talked about Etsy. Yes. So let's talk about Etsy real quick and how <laughs> somebody would get started on there. Like, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is how would I even know what kind of keywords to look after, what niche to go after. And then if I pick one, how do I, I'm not a designer. How do I create designs that look good that people are actually going to want to wear? Or if it's a mug, drink out of or put on their head if it's a hat or carry it around if it's a tote bag. Yeah, I think when we talk about POD, people are very concerned about the art side of it because I think most Amazon sellers understand the keyword research side. Mm -hmm. I think back up a little bit to explain that a little bit more. I would do keyword research on Amazon if you're starting on Amazon already, even if Etsy is the end goal because you understand that platform. Mm -hmm. Anything that's selling well on Amazon, it's not a guarantee that it'll sell on Etsy, but you have a higher chance because it's sometimes hard to do research on Etsy unless you mm -hmm. understand the platform. If you're an Amazon seller, I suggest do most of your research on Amazon. Take that information and move it over to Etsy. But how you would do research is almost the same that you would do product research. Okay. Or if you have any interest at all, I would uh -huh. start with that. If you're into hunting, uh -huh. do what Ryan talks about all the time. Do the rabbit trail, type in hunting, hit space, see what comes up. Mm. Just so you get a understanding of that niche. And, and the they go on to Google and type sell. that? Go into yep. Google and type hunting? Okay. So then a second piece of that is whatever the product is that you're planning on selling. If you're going to do merch and you're selling shirts and long sleeves and tees or whatever else mm -hmm. products, merch offers, the pop sockets, uh -huh. I would take that product and then put it behind whatever you're searching. So if it's hunting bows shirt and just see what comes up, you mm. can start seeing the designs. What you'll start okay. to notice is the designs are fairly simple. There are some very elaborate designs, but they don't mm. sell any more than the very simple text-based designs. This mm. is where you'll start building a little of competence, yeah. seeing what's selling, seeing what's there, understanding a platform that you're already selling on. Yeah. I think will give you the confidence to be able to go, oh, I can do this. That's the research mm -hmm. part of it. If you would have asked me this probably even a year ago about the design side, I would have said, good luck. You're on your own. That's why right. I work with my brother because sure. I have no idea how to do any of that. But yeah. since that time, the last year, Canva is an excellent resource. Mm. Adobe just released a program. They released it a while ago, but it wasn't as user-friendly. Mm -hmm. Now it's becoming very user-friendly called Spark. Okay. Those design tools let somebody like me that is design illiterate be able to create high quality designs yeah. using templates. You do have to put in the correct sizing, but once you get that and you get the template or you have an idea, it's fairly easy to use. There's a lot of drag and drop options. If you can use a keyboard, you can make a design. Mm -hmm. It's not extremely difficult anymore. Yeah. It was before. It's getting easier and easier to do it. You can take your ideas, get them down, create a PNG file, download that, and then upload it either to KDP, to Merch, or if you're thinking about Etsy, there is some tie-in that you have to do. You have to set up an account, get to link a third-party printing service to your account, then you can mm -hmm. upload that image and then sell that image on Etsy. Okay, so what um, the third-party printing service, am I going to go down to my local printer here in South Lake, <laughs> Texas and say, hey, I'm wanting to sell on Etsy. Here's some designs. Will you create these when I sell them? Or what do you do? Uh, that would be interesting. Uh, I have done a lot of tests. I haven't done that yet, and I might want to test that. But no, there are third-party selling platforms that have products in warehouses, just like how Amazon has products in their warehouse that they uh -huh. print and okay. then ship directly to the customer. There are tie-ins through Etsy that tie into, say, Printful, Printtech. I know there's a plethora more that I can't think mm -hmm. off the top of my head, but they will actually have the products in their warehouse 
take your design when it sells, put it on the design, put it on the product, send it out to the customer. You don't have to do Mm. any of the logistics there. You have to take your idea, get it up on Etsy's site. And then as soon as it sells, you don't have to do anything with it. Oh man. Okay. So I know you love fishing. So let's say that I decide to go after the fishing niche. I put up a mug. This is, I love fishing. You go on to Etsy. That's maybe, that's where I'll put it. You buy that, that mug I have connected. Let's say it's Printful. So then does it, do I have to then tell Printful, Hey, Steven Hibbert in Florida needs an, I love fishing (laughs) mug. Send him one. No, it's all done through the Etsy platform. As soon as Etsy wow. gets the order, it uh-huh. goes straight over to whoever you're connecting it with, Printful, Printtech. They get the order, then they send it and ship it to the customer. There's no more connections that need to be made. So Once I don't you have make to, the listing, automatically, they automatically get notification that you ordered one of my mugs or shirts or bags or hats or whatever it is. That's beautiful. Yes. Sometimes there's a payment delay because they won't they won't create or ship the product without getting paid. So they're going to hit your account. Sometimes there's a delay before you get paid and you have to pay out. So just be aware of that. As you understand the shipping times and the delay times, you can orchestrate it where those payments almost happen at the same time. But it is a just a piece that you're going to add. Unlike on Amazon, there's no like delay before they ship it. Amazon handles all that. They take payments and then just pay you out after the fact Uh because you're using two different platforms over on Etsy. Printful will need to get paid in order to create and make the product. And Etsy sometimes will not take payment right away. So there will be a gap in time where you will have to have the money somewhere for them to take it out and then put Mm -hmm. the money back in. Wow. Okay. So they have a, I have an idea like fishing and I want to go down that niche. I do some keyword research. I come up with five possible designs. I can go create them on my own on something like Adobe Spark, which is free or Canva, which has a free version. But also if I want to hire a designer, I can go to places oh, yeah. like online and find Fiverr maybe as one potential. You got to be careful there. Make sure you get somebody that's giving you original designs. Yes. And you just literally upload. Okay. So here's a question. It's on Etsy. Obviously you need to have a picture of this I love fishing mug, but I don't have it in hand to take a picture of an upload. How do I get a picture of a mug that doesn't exist on Etsy? So this is, I'm not a designer. So all the uh-huh. file names and everything, I'm just parakeeting what I know. It's not an actual fact. I'm like, oh, I know what PNG stands for. The file type that you'll need is a transparent PNG file. That way you can upload that to either KDP, to Merch by Amazon, to whatever Etsy uh, third-party platform you're using. Mm-hmm. You upload that design to their platform and then okay. they will put it on the actual listing You'll create the listing and then that is what you need. You don't so need to... How do I get the design on the... How do I get the picture of Isla fishing on the mug in the first place? Is that through Printful site? Yes. You'll have to create the design or have the design created for you. And then it mm-hmm. creates that file. And then and you, you upload, upload that it file. to Printful or PrintTech and they'll do like a mock-up that you yep. then copy and put over to Etsy. Okay. it's awesome. And I can, there are... General mockups that they give you. If you look at the Etsy site, they kind of make those. Unlike Amazon, where everything needs a white background, Etsy allows you to get a little fancier (laughs) with theirs. So there are options like Placeit for you to take that mockup and put it on a more design-friendly image so it fits the Etsy store or the Etsy platform a little bit better, but it's not a necessary step to get started. You just have to mm-hmm. look at your competition. If you're in the fishing space, maybe nobody's doing that. But if you're in the cat or coffee or mm-hmm. anything that's like stylized, you might see a lot of competitors doing that where they have okay. the jeans, and the shoes and the wood background, but it's 
just a different platform. You just have to understand and look at your competition to see what they're doing. That is awesome. That's like a game changer. I mean, really, it's... You know, yeah, and if you're an Amazon seller and you have VAs, I would strongly suggest looking at Etsy yeah. and doing POD because it gives you another huge income stream opportunity. Yeah. You can do KDP, you can do merch, but they're still kind of the under the Amazon umbrella. This would yeah. give you a whole other platform to diversify. I know that Ryan's constantly talking about that. The more legs on your table, the more yeah. sturdy it gets. It's just, wow. I think, dangerous to put all your eggs in one basket. Um, you mentioned that uh, Christy Hertzler, our friend who's also yes. was just on Jim's podcast here, she actually outsources her whole POD business to VAs yes. and sells on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so she was part of our teaching. We were doing uh-huh. the teaching. She took it to heart and almost just handed it straight off to a VA. She was asking us, can I do that? And I was like, I'm not sure because we haven't we have VA teams working for us. We had yeah. a team doing keyword research. We had a team doing art. We didn't have one VA doing everything. So I was like, maybe. I was like, let's mm-hmm. see if we can though. And she was able to hand off her business completely, her POD business, not just selling on Etsy, oh my her whole POD business to a VA. Now she has VAs working with her and running her business. And it's a complete hands-off business for her. That's another reason I love POD because yeah. I think it's the easiest business to scale and grow sure. into a business that you can work on and not in. Because as soon as you understand keywords a little bit, you can come up mm-hmm. with thousands of ideas. As soon as you understand mm-hmm. the art, there's uh, easy ways to make templates and create thousands mm-hmm. of pieces of art. Making the listings take time, but it's a job that can be trained and hired out. And then once they kind of get into that, they can see the whole process. And then it, one person can do the whole process. And then you yeah. can start building a team because that person that might be really good at designs, maybe not the best at keywords. So you can hire two people. They can work mm-hmm. together. They can give you other ideas. They can show yeah. you how to do some other marketing through Etsy or through Pinterest or on YouTube. That's where your business starts growing. Love it. So I know that we can't teach everything that you possibly know about print on demand <laughs> in a you know 30 minute podcast. So you just did a print on demand summit with some yes. other members of our community. I, Tell us about that. And guys, there'll be a link in the show notes for this episode where you can get uh, access to that. But tell us about the POD Summit, what that was and what folks uh, might learn there. Yeah, the POD Summit was pretty much a crash course on POD. We had somebody that you might have never heard of, Ryan Rieger, kind of leading us off, talking about Mm -hmm. multiple streams of income, just showing the opportunities with POD. He wrote a book. If you guys don't know a story, he wrote a book. Then it turned into a partnership with Jenny. They started a group. Now they turned it into a, I believe it's a monthly membership site, mm-hmm. but that came from a POD product. So yeah. when I say POD product and you go, oh, I don't want to sell those POD products, they can lead to so many different True. avenues and multiple income streams. But yeah. we started the first day off. It was a three-day summit. We first started the first day off just concepts, finding mm-hmm. out your why, understanding the, the POD opportunities, then going into day two when they taught a lot more about the different platforms. We talked about keyword research. We talked about how to do designs, how to use Spark. Nathaniel did a whole hour long on how to use it, what it is, art theory. He went deep into why people buy certain things, how to make designs balanced. Again, not Mm -hmm. really my specialty, but he covered all of that. So anybody would need that. Then the last day we talked about scaling just different opportunities. How do I take this image? How do I market it? Where should I be going with this? How should I be building a workflow? What is my system? How can I hire VAs? Christy (laughs) and her VA actually came on. We did an interview. What If you're looking for a VA, what you should be looking for, what questions you should be asking, how should you be thinking about a VA? Mm -hmm. I know I was super guilty when I was hiring my first VA. I just thought, oh, I'm getting 
a, a robot, essentially. I just need right. this person to do this job in this amount of time. That's it. But I uh-huh. quickly learned that it's a person. And yeah. if you treat it like a person, they'll talk to you like a person. They'll want to grow and help your business just like a regular employee will. Yeah. And then she had a complete different view going into it, hiring a VA. She uh-huh. was looking for a relationship. And I was just like, yeah. that is the missing piece. I think yeah. a lot of people talk about like, you want to do this, write this kind of email and make sure you're doing this. And uh-huh. a lot of tactics, but not like the overall strategy and how you should be thinking mm. about hiring VA. So that was in there. There's a lot of information. It was a action-packed, information-packed summit. Yeah. If you are thinking about doing POD at all, I would strongly suggest that because it gives you a 10,000-foot view and then mm. gives you actually actionable steps along each path to grow, start, and scale a POD business. Love it. Cool. The link will be in the show notes for that. So, Stephen, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you. you being on here and sure we'll have you on again. All right, man. Take all it right. easy. Good talking to you. I always love chatting it up. Yeah, you too, man. See ya. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.